Hello, and welcome to the Mount St. Mary's University podcast, Live Significantly with President Tim Trainer. My name is Bob Brennan. I'm very pleased to be joined by the 26th president of Mount St. Mary's, Tim Trainer. Hello, President Trainer. Howdy, Bob. How you doing? I'm doing great. We're launching this new podcast in order to provide an inside look at the Mount for our students, alumni, parents, and benefactors, and those who want to know a little bit more about our university. In each episode, we'll feature Mount alumni and students who are leading lives of significance. Hello, and welcome to Mount St. Mary's University podcast, Live Significantly with President Tim Trainer. This is Tim, and I'm very pleased to serve as the 26th president of Mount St. Mary's University. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome Dr. John Bruno, class of 1962, to the Live Significantly podcast. Dr. Bruno specializes in orthopedic surgery. He graduated from the Mount with his BS in biology and went on to earn his medical degree from the State University of New York Downstate Medical Center College of Medicine. Dr. Bruno served in the Army as Chief of Surgery and Hospital Commander at Fort Eustis, Virginia from 1971 to 1973. He has been in practice since 1976 in Alexandria, Virginia. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Bruno. My pleasure. Super. You know, and I'm really excited about uh, you serving at Fort Eustis. Donna, my wife Donna and I uh, have both been there. She was stationed there twice. So good place to be. So, and thank you for your service. Uh, the transportation center, I'll never forget it. <laughs> there you go. Donna was a transportation officer. So uh, I got to share that tidbit with her later tonight. <laughs> John, I'd like to start with your time at the Mount. You graduated at a very young age. In fact, you are maybe one of our youngest graduates ever. Can you tell us more about that and about your experience while here? Well, I uh, literally came off the streets of Brooklyn. I was uh, busy shooting pool in the pool halls and uh, having a beer in the streets. And uh, I was the first person uh, in my family that ever attended college. Um, I only came to the Mount because... My parents insisted I visit a cousin who was then an uh, upcoming senior. And when I went there, it was uh, I looked up in the sky and I saw stars for the first time. Uh, stars weren't too easy to see in Brooklyn. So it was an interesting time. I had a great roommate, a guy named Richard Redding, who came from uh, Hanover, Pennsylvania. And uh, his family was, his dad was a doctor and all his brothers were physicians. And Richard has never been angry in his whole life. And, and he sort of guided me along. But he was a little bit surprised when somebody sent me a Sweet 16 card about halfway through freshman year. Uh, I think the reason I got along at the Mount was uh, I was a good baseball player on my high school team. Yeah, I played with Joe Torrey and, and a lot of other people that are pretty famous. And I got along okay. Uh, one funny story is <laughs> I was a skinny kid. And uh, I was running around the field uh, the first couple of weeks uh, of my freshman year. And this guy looked like a really old man to me. Uh, you know him as Jim Deegan. Um, came up to me and he said, Bruno, you're on the soccer team. And I said to him, Coach, what is soccer? I had never heard of it. So I had a great time playing soccer at the Mount for a little while. 
except I kept running into people and tackling them, and they were throwing these cards at me all the time. Um, I was thinking about inspirational things to me, and the simplest thing, and then it was a, a nighttime walk up the mountain, and it was a mountain. We didn't have cell phones, and we might have taken a flashlight with us. There were no stairs. We literally climb up a mountain, and sometimes we bring a bucket of water and throw some uh, uh, sodium into it uh, that we that we robbed out of the some lab, and it would make a very loud bang and a, and a flash. Nobody ever got hurt. And then we walk up to the grotto, and it was a simple grotto. There was nothing else around. There might have been some benches. I don't know. But it was a wonderful place to meditate. And, you know, there I was at a, at a Catholic school, and, you know, learning my theology and everything else. And here I am now, uh, nearly 77 years old, and there's one thing that I carry for my entire life, and it has never failed me, and that is, I was fortunate. I had the love of two mothers, my own mother, of course, and Mother Mary. And when people ask me about, about love and about religion and about guidance and all that stuff, I said, I constantly tell people, I mean, think of the love of a mother. It's so simple. It never fails. It's a it's a it's a guiding light. Uh, you know, it really doesn't matter what religion you are. You know, it, 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 it's the same the same thing. So, you know, John, I, I, you've obviously had wonderful experiences, and and I, I love oh. as you were closing out uh, there talking about that mountain still exists here at the mount and. Uh, and it is a beautiful place uh, for reflection. The grotto is a beautiful place place for reflection and devotion. But you're so true. Our Blessed Mother still watches over us uh, here and watches over the university. You know, John, you're a very accomplished orthopedic surgeon with many years of experience. What made you want to live a life dedicated to helping others in that profession? Well, that, that sounds too uh, that sounds too serious to me. Uh, dedicating a life to helping others is Mother Teresa. <laughs> I am uh, a simpler man, and uh, I love what I do. You know, uh, being a doctor is the only thing I ever wanted to do. I I, I don't know why. Um, and I know you know in, in surgery uh, or in medical practice, uh, you're there to help others. Um, I love what I do. I like you know, talking to patients. I like trying to make them uh, help them understand their problems. Um, I like treating them, and I like the idea of uh, learning from them not only uh, what they do for a living, which is uh, I'm always interested in things I don't know. Um, but I mean, that's basically what the um, what medical practice has meant to me, you know, an opportunity to, to do what I like. So John, how did you take what you learned here at the Mount and apply it to medical school, to the army and your career as a surgeon? Wow. Well, med school was influenced by what I, by what I learned at the Mount because uh, my education was good as compared to the people who went to other colleges. So I was in, in a good footing. Um, I got a scholarship because uh, I did well at the Mount, and 
in orthopedic training, uh, you know, my internship and my residency, there was countless times, like in an emergency room, where I, I encountered people with uh, uh, blood all over the floor, knife wounds, gunshot wounds, things like that. And the first thing I thought about, uh, and I do to this day, is you don't know everything. So the lesson is, what makes you think that anything you know as a doctor now is in fact accurate? It's not. It's it, it's the practice of medicine, not the perfect of medicine. And knowledge is going to continue to, uh, to come with the times. So don't be so cocky. You don't know everything. I think the lessons I learned in college helped me a lot because I had to manage other people. And to me, uh, managing people is getting them to believe in themselves and motivating them. Uh, when I was the, uh, the commander of the hospital, which of course is a, a temporary thing, I was 29 years old. <laughs> so once again, I asked the secretary what to do, and she said, sign here. And uh, it worked out okay. Yeah. I ran a lot of businesses. I, once I had 120 employees, not during the Army, but now back in my surgical type of days. I had no experience in, in running businesses, but I just sort of relied on uh, energy and, uh, and being encouraging to others. I, I really believe if you ask people to do something, they are going to do their best. And it, it's worked out for me. Uh, throughout my life. And of course, you have to have faith. I mean, you have to really think that you got a chance to succeed, or you have to realize the whole venture shouldn't be started in the first place and go the other way, you know. But that's some of the ways I think that uh, what I learned at the Mount uh, helps me in, uh, in surgery and in medical school and in the Army. That's awesome, John. And uh, a lot of lessons in there uh, that you applied uh, throughout your career thus far in various uh, ways. Let's take a quick, quick break and we'll be right back. At Mount St. Mary's, the extraordinary experience we have here will create careers and lives that matter out there. Because from the minute we arrive and for every moment that follows, we live significantly. Welcome back, John. I'd imagine your schedule is very busy. Could you share with us today what the di- what the day in the life of a is like for you as a surgeon? Well, you know, for the first thirty five years or so, uh, the life as a surgeon for me was long days and busy nights and nights on call and emergency surgery and stuff like that. But oddly enough, yeah, I was a lot younger, so I you know I had I had a lot of energy and a lot of time. So we used to do some traveling, and uh, I would often be playing uh, tennis and golf. Um, I had fun times. You know, I I was the doctor for the PGA at the President's Cup Golf Tournament. Uh, In my practice, uh, I treated, uh, since I'm near Washington, I've treated quite a few members of Congress and even uh, family members of some of the presidents. Uh, Mind you, they get free care, but I just happen to be... uh, I guess, friendlier, and I lived closer to them, I don't know. Uh, In the past 15 years, I don't have as many scheduled work hours because I'm not doing surgery now. I'm just doing an office practice. But every day is very, very full. Um, If it's not full with uh, uh, medicine or consulting with uh, maybe attorneys who call me about stuff and 
Um, I love to do cooking. My wife and I uh, uh, are doing quite a bit of cooking. In fact, uh, if you look at my Facebook page, the only thing you see is food. I wouldn't dare post anything else. And uh, I'm rehearsing for uh, classical music performances also. That, uh, that takes a little bit of time. So the days are busy. Uh, you know, keep me going. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Bruno is a noted tenor and has sung in our in our chapel on campus and in the Kennedy Center with the Washington National Opera Company. I have a clip to pay, a clip to play, excuse me. <laughs> singing opera there. How did you get into singing? Well, uh, one of my partners uh, once told me all Italians think they can sing. <laughs> I was about 10 years old and I started performing as a soloist on TV in, the, in New York City. I was on stage in Milton Borough one time. Um, when I was about 11, uh, your Philadelphia listeners will perhaps remember Mario Lanza. Uh, who died when he was about 38, but uh, he had just made a film with a lady named Doretta Morrow. And when I was 11 in, in, a, in somebody's parlor, uh, Doretta Morrow came in and she and I sang the, the Because You're Mine that they had just done in the movie. So, and my voice changed and, you know, I did a little guitar stuff in college, but uh, I didn't start singing again until I was in my 40s. And I, um, I, I just, I just loved the chorus rehearsals. Uh, for the many opera companies I work with, I think um, rehearsing with others and singing is a, um, a special thing. You don't have to be good at it. Um, it it's good for the soul. I mean, it, it's good for your mind. It, it, it's um, it's a good it's a good social event. Well, John, you, you're you're obviously extremely talented in many ways. Let's take a final break, and we'll be back to wrap up this edition of Live Significantly. when it comes to giving. So why not choose your mountain home? From enhancing academic offerings to athletic programming, your support ensures that our students continue to lead lives of significance. To make your gift, visit msmary.edu today. 
Besides singing, John, do you have any other hobbies you like to do with your free time? Uh, I think I mentioned the only thing on my Facebook page is uh, original plates of food. So cooking is a it's a special joy for me and the love of my life, my wife Susan. Um, you have to be lucky to meet an angel, and 40 years ago I met one. You and I both have been lucky to meet angels. I met mine 38 years ago, so not quite as long as you, but... Uh, John, you know, I, I get to see you at many basketball games, and we have a good time together. Can you tell me what sparked your interest in Mount Basketball? Well, you know, Tim, I always liked to play basketball. Um, it didn't hurt that I graduated in 1962, which is our national championship year. Uh, I applied for tickets in the Knott Arena before it was built, and I wanted four seats, and I picked them out, and I didn't get them. You know who got them? The president. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I'm sitting across the aisle. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've talked to Jim Taylor and Dottie through the years, you know, and they and their daughter, Lynn, they're, they're so, they're, they're treasures. Uh, Milan Brown was a, a terrific person. Jamie and Christian is uh, here now at GW, and he's been a good friend of mine. I'm in constant texting with him. Uh, and uh, your tradition is continuing. Dan Eggleslad is a, is a very good man. Um, it's a good game. I like it. So do I, uh, John. Uh, last but not least, we'd like to we like to ask our guest if you can share some words of wisdom with our current Mount students. Do you have any for them, John? Well, there's a lot of things I could say. The longer you live, the more things are going to come your way. We're talking in this podcast, I've been talking a lot of, a lot about the good things in my life, and there were many, many more. But your students, like me, will probably have some challenges, both uh, physical challenges and mental challenges. I, I had prostate cancer 15 years ago. I suffered with anxiety. Uh, your challenges as students in your lives are going to be different than mine. Um, I do wish to say that, um, you know, I, I, the way I do life is work hard, love, and try to do something unexpected and nice for another person every day and believe in yourself. Um, the last thing I can say is, and I mean this in all sincerity, any Mount student at any time, contact me. You know, I, I give very bad advice, I like to say, but it's free. So uh, you know, you'll find me on Google or something like that in Alexandria, and you know, call my office or email me. I'd be happy to happy to talk to you about anything at all. John, I, I will disagree with you on one point. Um, you don't give uh, bad advice. You've given me uh, uh, great advice over these past few years, and I appreciate your advice and support. Unfortunately, folks, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Dr. Bruno, for taking the time to talk with us today about how you live a life of significance through hard work, dedication, and leadership. Folks, be sure to visit the Mount's website at msmary.edu backslash podcasts to learn more about how our other alumni are living a life of significance. Thank you and go Mount! <laughs>